A draw is better than a loss. I am the champ. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, <didn't. laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing. Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Fantasy Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz, back from my travels from England and uh, Thanksgiving. How are you doing? I had a really, really good Thanksgiving. I ate way too much food, as, was, as is custom in this country. Uh, watched custom. a lot of football, which is also as is custom in this country. As is custom. And as you watched, custom. I'm, pre I'm presuming you watched some proper football too, as well. Did. On Black Friday. I did watch, no, I, I, I was, unfortunately I couldn't watch a lot of proper football on Black Friday. I was keeping uh, the status of the England-USA game going, just watching that, the stats pop up on my phone, but unfortunately I had a well, long day. you didn't miss day. much. We'll definitely talk about some World <laughs> Cup uh, later in the episode. This this has been, you know, I, I had my doubts about having the World Cup being this time of year, and it's still a little surreal. But it, it's kind of nice having this huge influx of sports when there is so much downtime and also so much like trying to be on it that you can be busy and then suddenly something massive has changed in, in the world of sports. It's kind of fun. It is. I, I, I agree. It's still odd to me that the World Cup is on now. I mean, I was back home for the start of the World Cup weekend and for England's first match, I was back home in London. It was just odd because the kickoff was 1pm in, in the UK and you're just like, you know, a lot of my mates are at work or they're watching it in their offices at work and it, it's just odd. I mean, but here it's even worse with the timings because back home in Europe, there's... A, if anyone's been following, there's one game that's always on in, in Europe in the evening. So people can get home from work and watch. So, for example, the England-USA game was on at 7 p.m. back home. But there's no games on in the evening here. Like, the latest game is at 2 o'clock. And that's just odd when, it, when it's a sport that isn't massively followed here. And on top of that, the World Cup is going against the NFL. Um, it, it, it's sad to me a little bit because I've been in the U.S., a long time and in 2010 and 2014 the world cups obviously were during the summer and i was in new york and they were great i almost felt i was back home in london so much going on it was just a party all the time and now i also feel that there's a weird narrative with the networks because fox is showing the world cup and espn almost is, is trying to like stop any like you know when you watch espn there's just no coverage on it at all and i find that really odd because i'm like it is a national, it's Team USA. And I feel, again, there's this weird, again, it's always about TV and who can, who can be better. Because in the UK, actually, the, the, the matches are actually shared between the major networks, which I think is great. There's no infighting. The group games, I think two are on the BBC, one was on ITV. And then I think, depending on the round of 16, if we qualify, um, the, the, you know, it will just alternate. Um, by law there are certain events that have to be shown on normal TV. So anyway, I've gone on way, way too long, but, but, but it, but it is, it is odd, but it's nice to, it's nice to have all this stuff going on at the same time. I have to say. How did y'all like your Thanksgiving weekend and all this sports? If you want to share any stories with us, go ahead and follow us on our Instagram account at improper fantasy football. Uh, you can go ahead and tweet at us at Improper Fantasy. And if you want to send us any uh, longer stories and you want to just send us emails directly, go ahead and send those to ImproperFantasyPodcast at gmail.com. We had some fantastic games this past week. And before we dive deep into those, we do have some stats that we want to highlight. Stat leaders in our league, Jalen Hurts. I don't know if you watched any of this game, the Sunday night football game. Oh my gosh, it was over 350 rushing yards that the Eagles put up on the Packers. The most that the Eagles had put on since the 40s or something like that. Yeah, they just uh, Jay, ran it down their throat. It was Jalen Hurts went for 153 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 157 rushing yards in total. Uh, that led all of our quarterbacks 
in our league, 31.82 points. Uh, we'll get to another quarterback in a little bit just to talk about that point total for there. Biz, I know you were excited about this one. Josh Jacobs was the rushing leader for the league. Uh, made me really sad to see that last touchdown that he peeled off because that sealed the Seahawks. Uh, Josh Jacobs rushing for 229 and two touchdowns and also catching for 74 yards, no touchdowns there. He put up a monstrous 50.3 points. Justin Jefferson, uh, if you watched Thanksgiving, he was just a monster once again, continuing to cement his argument that he's the best in the league at his position. 122 yards and a touchdown for 26.9 points. Uh, last night, the Colts versus the Steelers. I was ready to talk about other tight ends, but Jelani Woods, rookie yeah. for the Colts, put up almost 100 yards last night. 98 yards, no touchdowns, good for 17.8 points. We have some surprises that I really, really am excited about. If you, this this is a good surprise. Surprise <laughs> when you look at the names on this, you're like, who are they? Absolutely. So the first one, if you listen to the solo podcast I did last week, you'll know how I feel about this player, Mike White, for the Jets, put up an awesome performance: 315 yards, three touchdowns, and zero picks. Jalen Hurts put up 31.82 points. Mike White put up 31.8. He was two hundredths of a point off of the lead for quarterbacks this week. We're going to talk more about Mike White later. Uh, Joe Michael Hasty for the Jaguars. Uh, Travis Etienne uh, left. Sorry, listeners. I, ju I just got completely distracted by the fact that it is snowing in Seattle right now. Oh, this is just snowing great. in I'm Seattle. Snowing in Seattle. The, uh, the Not sleepless in Seattle, but snowing in Seattle. Oh, you know what? I'm going to sleep <laughs> fine if it's snowing overnight. Anyway, getting back into the biggest surprises. Uh, sorry to be... <laughs> sorry to have, like, hijacked that for a second. So, Michael Hasty, uh, from the running backs, he, he this is a, a player that maybe if you were just trying to, like, reach for somebody last week, and you're like, you know what? I just need to fill somebody. Uh, maybe Travis Etienne gets injured. Well, guess what? Travis Etienne left the game. And so Michael Hasty came in and rushed for 28 yards. And caught for 67 yards and a touchdown. Put up 19.5 points. That's respectable. Zay Jones, also for the Jaguars. 145 receiving yards. No touchdowns. But that was good for 27.5 points in our league. And, of course, like I already mentioned, Jelani Woods is the tight end that led the league in points for us. Uh, he's the biggest surprise in tight ends. Uh, Biz, you wanted to highlight one of these stat leaders for the week, didn't you? Josh Jacobs just had a match for the ages. And the reason why I want to highlight him is obviously... He's on my team. That was one match that I wanted to see the highlights from because when I saw his stat line, I was like, that's just insane. 303 total all-purpose yards. Mm -hmm. um, the most all-purpose yards from a running back since Adrian Peterson set the rushing record for a single Yes. Game. He just had a monster game on or from, from the first quarter. He was just on it constantly. He was just scary. Um, and obviously the touchdown, you know, to win it in overtime, 86-yard run. Um, he, I, I'm, I'm really happy for him because he, he's had injury history over the last couple of years. And I actually had Josh Jacobs as a rookie in 2019. And I remember he kind of exploded onto the scene and I was so happy that I picked him up. And I, I believe I had him in 2020. I believe I had him last year. You have had a love-hate relationship with Josh with Jacobs. Josh I think I have. you had him... Either every single year, or last year was the only year that you didn't have him. Yes. I can't remember which of, yeah. which of the situations it is, yeah. but you have always been high on Josh Jacobs. Alabama running backs have always been really, really strong in That's some true. regard. Like, even yeah. Damian Harris, he's, he's yeah. been really good. Marking um, him for a number of years. Yeah. Um, I yeah. would be willing to state that Josh Jacobs is the biz player in our league, just like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the <laughs> improper mark player. Wait, you forgot you forgot one of my you forgot someone else on the same team, a, a wide receiver that I often love to that I love oh, to Juju have. Oh, Smith Schuster? No, 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 no. On on the same team as oh um... oh, oh 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 Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, uh, he he's he's he hasn't been at the playing that much yet. He hasn't been playing, so yeah, I don't have Hunter Renfro this year. But Josh Jacobs, he's already up to eleven hundred and fifty nine yards rushing already. Um, yeah. That's that's so impressive from a guy that has had some injury history. I didn't even play him the first match, but he just had a game for the ages. Um, and he's 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 tough, but also quick. Um, he's just a archetypal running back that you want. So um, 
credit to him. He was he was just immense. Um, I thought this, I thought Seattle were going to pull that one out, and the Raiders came to play again. A kind of that was an old AFC West division rivalry. Um, it is, and so it's, it's and always, so again, it's always painful of, to lose to the Broncos, or it's painful to lose to the Raiders. Yeah, there's a bit of needle. There's a bit of needle in there, and a bit of yeah. you know old rivalry. So yeah, yeah, but it was a great game all around. Justin Jefferson, I just want to highlight a little a little bit. He was so we're gonna, fun to watch. He so was he was he was great to watch. I didn't watch a lot of the Thanksgiving matches, but I did see the highlights of that one. And mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting because we we did debate this a couple of weeks ago about who's the best receiver, and we're going to talk about it a bit later. So I'm going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. But he was immense again. And the Vikes are nine and two, looking very solid going into the postseason. I think it's fair to say that division is is wrapped up. Uh, well, uh, it, it technically isn't. And before we move on to injuries, there are playoff clinching scenarios for this week. Uh, the Eagles have a chance to clinch a playoff spot uh, if, like, a bunch of teams lose it, including Seattle uh, as part of that scenario. But the Vikings have a chance to clinch their division this week in one scenario. The Vikings need to win, and the Lions have to lose. And I just want that to sink in for a second. I understand that, like, the Vikings are so far ahead, but the team at this point of the season, that must lose for the Vikings to be able to clinch is the Lions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure they're going to... I'm sure they're going to really try and make sure that doesn't happen this week. But, yeah, I mean, there are I mean, some if, players... If the Lions win, I mean, like, if the Lions win, like, the Vikings can't sleep for the rest of the season. We've said, we've said this, year, this year, I mean, the Lions, the Lions have been competitive in a lot of their games. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I want to take some time to be able to uh, draw attention to some of the injuries that have happened this past week. One season-ending injury that I want to highlight, one potentially season-ending injury. Uh, Allen Robinson has a foot injury, and he is going to be out for the season because it looks like he's going to surgery. Uh, the, and with the talk that Cooper Cup may not be brought back and the talk that uh, Stafford may just be sat for the rest of the year, I, I think the Rams are, are putting a bow on this season and they're just going to start licking their wounds and start looking towards next season. Uh, Von Miller, if you watched him go out on Thanksgiving, uh, he has a knee sprain. Uh, they're expecting that it's only going to be a week or two out. He may be done for the whole season as well, depending on that recovery time. Uh, that is a huge blow for a Bills team that, while still looking strong, has struggled over the past several weeks in some of these highly competitive matchups. Other injuries to highlight, I brought up before Jermichael Hasty because Travis Etienne left the game with a foot injury. He was walking around without a boot after the game. Uh, it looks like Travis Etienne is going to be good to go, but it is interesting to highlight that. Uh, Darnell Mooney uh, left his game with an ankle injury. Michael Carter for the Jets, the running back. They have two Michael Carters for this te- on that team. Did you know that? They yeah. Two Michael <laughs> Carters on that team. Um, both of them very good. Uh, Michael Carter left the Jets game with an ankle injury. Elijah Mitchell, again, leaving the game. Less of a huge problem for the 49ers because they have McCaffrey and they just keep throwing people in there. But you feel bad for, for Mitchell because it looked like he was elevating himself into that starting role before... Uh, they traded for McCaffrey. And then last night, Najee Harris left his game for the Steelers versus the Colts with an abdomen injury. Uh, I'm not sure what the extent of this is. We we just heard about it last night, and they're going to continue to evaluate as the, the week goes on. He may be wrapped up for the season. He may come back, but it really depends on that. You rarely see abdomen injuries, and they tend to not be quick injuries to recover from. Taking a look at how our league did. Here we uh, go. Biz, Biz, you have a single solitary task to be able to get into the playoffs. You need to win out. Uh, you currently still have a 29% chance to make it to the playoffs. You are the, currently the seventh seed on the outside looking in, but anything can happen. And before this podcast, you actually bemo- bemoaned the fact that Justin won, considering the fact that Justin won last week and won this week. But do you know in the process of winning, he knocked out Jerry and knocked him down a peg. Jerry is one of those teams that you potentially could leapfrog to be able to get into the playoffs. So, uh, But if you would do me a favor, before we address the playoff odds, I managed to eke out a, a 
pretty, pretty dominating win against Nick. You did uh, I indeed. I don't get a lot of those. I'm still in pole position for the first pick. Uh, but the toilet bowl is this week between myself and Andy. And I believe if I beat Andy <laughs> this week, he goes ahead and takes over that first overall pick standing. So uh, this is, the, I mean, I'm not going to just bench my team. I'm going to play. But, you, you know, we'll see what happens. Biz, can you tell me what happened between you and Ryan? <laughs> well, look, it was, it was an annihilation. <laughs> I scored, I, I beat Ryan by 70 points. 170 to 100 um i scored 100 i scored the most points this week i mean you score 170 points in any any week it's impressive a lot of my players came to play you know i i, I played geno smith he had a decent game I, I probably should have played kyla i just again wasn't sure he was declared fit and i probably should have played, I played kyla, geno but... over kyler in another league i got both of those players on another league yeah, and i just, played uh, geno G over kyler because you're just not sure he's just not sure someone coming back from a hamstring injury and if he was yeah. you know and it's it's just always tricky, but I'm almost like yeah, it was a great win. But to me, I just I don't I don't care anymore because it's just Justin, Justin a point a quarter. He beat me. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my my <laughs> astonishing win this week. I want to talk about not just Justin but Spence. Two I've had two, and I oh, Justin, you're dead to me. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I had that week. If if any if any of my players did one more thing. Anything, I would have won. <laughs> a catch. One more yard rushing. One more, one more yard from a, a five-yard pass from a quarterback. A defensive stop. A sack. An interception. Another field goal. I would have won. And literally any stat you want to look at in any metric of fantasy football, I would have won. And uh, to recap for I, our listeners I, who I, don't recall to, from the previous week, Biz lost by a quarter of a point to Justin the week before Thanksgiving. Is there is there a way that I can appeal to like the stats committee at ESPN just to have another look at the stats? Is there a way I can do that? Uh, considering the fact that you still <laughs> lost the game with one of his players putting up zero points, I think they're going to uh, <laughs> abstain from commenting on your game. No, I, I'm serious. I want, I want another, you know, it's just like, you know, like you've seen the World Cup VAR. I, wa I, want, I want an independent commission to just look into the stats. Because I wonder, if you look at the games, maybe I could eke out another quarter of a point somewhere. Maybe somewhere. there was, yeah. I'm just, I can't. And now he has the inside track. He's obviously going to, there's two games left. He's obviously going to finish in the sixth spot. And I blame, you know, I... I yeah, it's just, uh, I can't. I mean, there are two people, there are two people that, well, no, there are three people in our league that I want to crush more than ever next year. Justin is, Justin is my number one because even though I lost to Spencer, even though I lost to Spencer by, I believe, less than a point. Did, did I lose to Spencer by less than a point earlier in the year? Um, oh, I can check, I can check. I think I did. Um, um, earlier in the year to Spencer, you lost by less than a point to Spencer. <laughs> okay, so in order. Now, you know what? In order, it's always going to be improper, Mark, because I just, you know, ev everyone knows how much I, uh, you know, uh, I love I love you, Mark. Um, well, please, well just, on, just that ahead, on that subject, please, can you just put in some of your rubbish players for, for next week? <laughs> on that subject of improper, Mark, um, you, uh, clearly your two favorite people to play against in this league have interesting matchups in the final week of the season you're going to be playing against improper mark uh in the last week and that could be a match to say hey if you win you get in and you also want for for you to get in your best chances for justin to start faltering over the last couple of weeks of the season uh because it looks like right now you've got justin in points you just have to at least tie him to be able to get in there unless your team falls off Right. Do you know who Justin plays the last week of the season? I'm presuming it's my esteemed co-host. It is your esteemed <laughs> co-host. So for the last week of the oh, season, no. I am going to imagine I'm dead. you are I'm going dead, to be my biggest fan. And, and for that week, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Cordero Patterson, over. Antonio Gibson, all three of Justin's running backs are on buys on the last week of the season. And he doesn't get Justin Fields. Uh, so he's got a lot of his star players out on buys on that last week. Right now, the only player that I've got on a buy that's really, really 
important for me is Aaron Jones, who's out on a bye. There's a chance that Najee Harris might be injured. Uh, but it, I could easily win that last week of the season. The question is, do I want to win or do I want to get the O number one overall point uh, pick? Or do I want to do oh, good is... by my co-host? <laughs> this is the epitome of tanking. Tanking. Um, look. You know what? The, the bragging rights to be able to tell Justin that I knocked him off may be good enough. It may well be. And obviously, you know, you know how much, you know, I'm a very humble person when it comes to fantasy. Extremely you know, humble. Extremely humble. So I, you know, uh, I'm very meek, you know, and I, you know, if uh, I would just, you know, Does, if I get into doesn't the playoffs, have a uh, strong opinion one way about anything. Not at all. Not at all. Um, look, there has to be a myriad of things happen for me to get in. Because even if I win, if Justin wins both his matches, I'm out. So, so, you know, uh, first, I need to ca- take care of my business. Um, but and yeah, that's all you I'm can playing. focus on. That's all I can that's focus on. Obviously, focus Ned, on. I'm playing Ned, who is number one. He's already clinched. Um, obviously, a, but I believe you've got a, a close tie. matchup against him. You're when he uh, switches his team around, you're only going to be about a, I think, just yeah, about a three or four point dog. These, yeah, uh, but these that's projections. Easily. These projections are just. I, I just. I, I wish there were no projections because I. I just hate it because you sometimes think, oh, this person is projected to be more. I wonder, I would love stats to see, you know, and maybe you could do this. What percentage <laughs> of the time the projections do are actually, do, do, are actually correct? Or, or, you know, what percentage of the time are the, yeah, the projections come out to, to determine the correct winner? If you want me to do that, Biz, I'm going to need a raise uh, <laughs> on my job here on the podcast. We're going to have to talk about like three to four times my salary at this point. <laughs> Okay, done, done. Okay. <laughs> uh, we could do a weekly stats update. Um, but yeah, I just, and that's what's hard because you look at the games and you're like, oh, this person's projected. And I just sometimes, and that's where, you know, often you just got to go on your gut. You've got to go on it. I often, it really is. me, yeah. I often look at the one stat I look at is I look at someone's overall scoring during the year and I look at their average because I'm like, just because someone's projected this particular week better than someone else that over the course of the year is ranked, say, in the top 10 or top 15, then you're like, well, that's a consistent performer. So I'm going to put their, them in, trust them, just because ESPN or Yahoo or Fantasy Pros is saying, well, this week I think this wide receiver is going to be much better than this one because they're going against this bad defense and this defense has allowed 12.7 points to wide receivers to me that's just nothing it's just whatever but you know i've got a lot of work to do on that subject actually i want to hold there for just a second one of the tips that i actually want to give our listeners and if you want to actually listen to this by all means one of the things that i appreciate on a consistent basis when it looks like my points and my stats and like what i want to look at i have a number of leagues on the yahoo fantasy system and I like their analysis, or I like the analytics of their stats on that website significantly mm. more than I like the ESPN. And the stat that I like the most is you can look at next four weeks projection, but you can also look at last four weeks average. Um, and that right. lets you know more so about how these players are doing right now. Because if you're looking at your season average, then you can have these players that were only like September darlings. Like, let's say, for example, Cordero Patterson at the beginning of the season did a phenomenal job for that first month and a half before he got injured. And then he's come back and he's been fine, but the Falcons have not been particularly great. If you look at his average of a season, he looks like he's been performing better than he actually has been right now. But if you look at just the last four weeks and you average everybody out, you can get a better idea of who is gaining steam, who is improving, who is getting better. And that's important for running backs who tend to be a lot younger and just getting more in line with the NFL. Uh, It was an important stat back in the day when, for example, I was discovering that Le'Veon Bell was a good running back when he was in that like rotational backfield with four other people. And yeah. then suddenly it was just obvious Le'Veon Bell was the best out of the four of them. And I picked him up a couple of weeks before he popped in three leagues. Uh, not in the league that mattered. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Jason, who picked him up instead. One of the things to keep in mind with these analytics is not, not just necessarily how have they done over the whole stretch, but how are they doing now? And what does their momentum say? And that, to me, is the most important stat. Can players fall off of the truck and just stop performing? Of course they can. But you can't predict the cliff. 
All you can do is see how are they improving. So Yahoo Fantasy Sports stats give you all That's the shattered right. in the world. Maybe I'll maybe I'll look into Yahoo Fantasy Fantasy Sports for better projections. Yeah. Just join a public league and just have access to their stats. I think that's a great way to do that. Uh, we have a few questions that we want to talk about for this week. You mentioned this a little bit before, but after the Thanksgiving game, we saw once again two of the best wide receivers highlighted in different games. Justin Jefferson put on a game, another phenomenal catch in that game. Uh, and again, our stat leader for wide receivers with 122 yards and a touchdown. But Stephon Diggs also balled out and just started making plays whenever it was necessary for the Bills. So we talked a little bit about just overall placement. But for you right now, a few weeks later, getting further into the season, going down this last third of the season, who is a better wide receiver for fantasy, Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs? Okay, so for fantasy, mm -hmm. is that what you're saying? Not Just who for I fantasy. Think the is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, to me, it doesn't make much difference. <laughs> to me, it's, ju it's Justin Jefferson. You'd love either um, of them. I would love either of them, but taking out fantasy, if you're asking me who's the better receiver, I think it's Justin Jefferson. He's, he's younger than Stefan Diggs. I think his all-around game, his all-around package is, is greater than Stefan Diggs, although Stefan Diggs is incredibly consistent. I mean, he did it mm -hmm. at the Vikings for five or six years before he went to the Bills. Now he has arguably the best quarterback in the game throwing to him. That's so that, the thing. That, that obviously helps. Um, and, but, but in some ways, again, you could argue that Kirk Cousins isn't, you know, he's no, he's no mug, but I don't think anyone would put him in the same breath as Josh Allen. And yeah, Justin Jefferson is putting up those numbers with Kirk Cousins throwing to him. Um, and, and I think when you have Josh Allen throwing to you, it does make your, your job a little bit easier. Um, I think, I mean, to me, the, the interesting question is, because when I saw this question, I, I, was, I was thinking, well, why Stefan Diggs and not Jamal Chase or uh, Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup? Um, because to me, you're, you're basically saying that they're the two best receivers in the league. And you're By not... stats, they are. From a fantasy perspective. Okay, mm -hmm. fair enough. I mean, I, I think a lot of people would, would disagree on that in terms of if you're just doing in a vacuum, fantasy aside, who's the best receiver in the league? I think well, you would be looking at... Well, that opens up to so many others. You get Devontae right. Adams, you get Tyreek Hill, you get Cooper right, of course, healthy, Adam, but you, right. you have to take into account right now, this season, I'm asking for the last six weeks of the season going into Who the end of this... Who would I want going forward? Yep. I would... I, I, I don't know. I like Justin Jefferson. I mean, I had him last year, uh, maybe. Mm -hmm. I've, I haven't had Stefan Diggs. I mean, he's just... A, he, they're both top-class receivers. From a fantasy perspective, you can't go wrong with either of them. If you're asking me... I would just prefer Justin Jefferson. Partly, again, I mean, he's younger, so if you're playing in a dynasty league, you can keep him for the next eight years. Um, I, I would go with Justin Jefferson. And and if we're talking about just our league in particular, I think you're right. I think that Justin Jefferson is, without a doubt, the better of the two players uh, to be able to have on your team. And Roger has got him in our league, so he's going to be enjoying having Justin Jefferson for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But I'm just going to go ahead and take the contrary point just to be able to have an argument here you brought it up a little bit which of the two of them has the better quarterback has got the core and you mentioned before that Kirk Cousins he's not a scrub or oh, I think you said he was not a mug <laughs> I did so yeah he's no mug uh, meaning so that he's, no, but, he's no mug meaning that he's no it, for mug read scrub that's what yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we say yeah, but the the thing that I'm going back to between these two players, if I'm thinking down the stretch, I have seen consistently Josh Allen make big plays over and over again at the end of the season. He has the bigger arm. He has he he forces the defense to play more honestly and protect against the run. But even if there's tight coverage, both both Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson can make amazing catches. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that Diggs can't. You've seen Justin, or sorry, I'm not saying that Jefferson can't, but you see Diggs get to the point where he doesn't necessarily have to get into these contested uh, catches that Justice Jefferson has to make amazing plays for. 
Justin Jefferson will just randomly find himself wide open as he did on Thanksgiving, if you remember that big long game that he had. And that's because they can't always remove spies from the box. They can't stop looking at uh, Josh Allen because he does have the threat that he can run. Kirk Cousins, he, he's not an unathletic quarterback, but he's, he's not a runner. He's more of like the traditional pocket passer that you think about there and give all credit to him. Like he has been, he has been trying to make more big plays happen. He's not being as timid. He is forcing plays and he's doing it. He's throwing some picks. He, he definitely is throwing some picks this season, but he's putting the ball into places where his playmakers can make plays. Uh, Thielen for the past couple of weeks, he's been, he's been showing up on the screen when yeah. you don't expect him to be there because uh, Cousins is giving his playmakers a chance. For Josh Allen, he is a playmaker, and that forces an additional defender to keep an eye on him. So mm. right now, I think I would take Diggs just because he has the possibility of just getting wide open much more consistently than Jefferson does. But Jefferson might be the most talented and best skill set receiver in the game right now. So, Mike White. <laughs> Mike White, uh, if you listened to the podcast last week, you know how happy I must be right now. Oh my gosh, I might go get, uh, I might see if I can get a Seahawks he jersey might, with he his may well, number he may and well name on it. <laughs> oh gosh, like I, if we could trade for for Mike White uh, and have him as like a the a backup quarter, if we happen to not sign Geno next year, I would trade a second round pick for Mike White. I might trade a third round pick for Mike. Come on, White. man, know, let, let, let's not get ahead of us. He's played like one game, and yeah, he was great. Well, no, he has played a few more, but he's played no, four he's, games. You make like he's the second coming of Joe Montana. In two of the four games he started, he has thrown for three hundred yards. And had multiple touchdowns in two of those games. Uh, it's uh, that's not exactly a massive sample size. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. You, it's well, not a massive sample size. Like white fever no. here by my esteemed oh, co-host. Well, when you consider what the <laughs> Jets are capable of with the the playmakers that they have, with how well they've been doing in the draft the past couple of years, so Zach Wilson is the blemish that they have on that team. But the rest of the team looks like it is hungry and it has a chance to do something in the playoffs this year. Not calling them a Super Bowl team, but they've got a roster. And Zach Wilson has really been holding them back. I tweeted this past week at the Jets. This is what winning with looks like in, instead of winning in spite of. I did see that tweet. I do think you're... <laughs> I do think you're... You're uh, getting a bit ahead of yourself here. And I do think you're... Obviously, sometimes we see players and we think, yeah, he's the guy going forward. That said, when I was back in England, there were two things from the, week, the, the, the weekend two weeks ago, which, full disclosure, I watched pretty much zero of the NFL, but there were two stories that I actually heard about back home. The first was uh, the Cowboys annihilation of the Vikings and how CBS actually turned over to a different game because it was such a beatdown. <laughs> and the set, uh, the second was the whole Zach Wilson fiasco. I followed it and I saw a lot of the, you know, kind of sound bites. And, and, and I think Zach Wilson was a guy that they drafted, that they put a lot of investment and money and they drafted second overall. Is that right? Yeah. Last he was year. second overall. Um, and, and that is not and, and, a, that is, that that is an important resource. That's right. That's 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 a, a someone that you've invested a lot in and think they're the quarterback for the future. However, we see time and time and again how draft picks go wrong. Mm-hmm. I do agree a lot with what you've said. There was something about the way they looked, and I loved Mike White's press conference afterwards. He just exudes this very calm demeanor. And he seems like a guy that people want to play for. He said in his press conference, I, I want to bring that calming presence in the huddle when things aren't going well. Um, I think sometimes you can take that a bit too far because I think sometimes you do need to play with a bit of urgency. But oh, sure. he, was, he, was, he was great. And, and I think what they did with Zach Wilson was also a good organisation. I, I, I can see both sides. A lot of people saying, well, this is a guy that you drafted second and you, just, you actually deactivated him for the game basically said, look, just take a time out. Uh, just enjoy your week off, basically. And I, but I can see, you know, don't be a distraction to yourself or the team. Get some time away. Sort yourself out a little bit. I, I like that. 
But then I'm, I'm also like, well, you invested a lot in this money, second round, a se- second overall pick. You're basically saying this is the guy that we think is the future, but yet you're not going to deactivate. You're, you're not going to activate him for the game. I do think, though, when you just look at how Mike White played, and as you say, he has played four games, he looked good. He, look, he looked like a decent quarterback. Sometimes, you know, we always talk about this, the eye test. Can someone play or not? And he looked good. And after a performance like that, it's hard to drop him for the next game. So, yeah, they have a bit of a dilemma on their hand. But, you know, he showed up. And after what happened last week, to come out and, you know, beat down the Bears, even though Justin Fields wasn't playing, but it's a great result. They're, they're sort of back back in the playoff hunt. And, and mm-hmm. after their, their season could have imploded after what happened last week. So to get that win and to win big, I think says a lot for that team, their mentality and their coaching staff to get them back up. Yeah, solid coach, great game. The, the other thing that I'm going to bring up with this is this, it's not an exact comparison, but hear me out for a second. There was another quarterback that was drafted 10 years ago or so uh, who, was taken, who was taken number two overall uh, and had another quarterback that was a rookie that year play behind him that year. Due to whatever circumstances, his uh, injury, poor play, inconsistent, bad coaching, this quarterback ended up being on the outs and the quarterback taken after him has ended up having a significantly better career. Those quarterbacks were RG3 number two uh, and Kirk Cousins yeah. in the fourth round, I think, is where he was taken. Now, in the long term, just a traditional quarterback. And keep in mind, I love these running these mobile quarterbacks, the more dynamic playmakers. They're much more fun to watch. In a lot of instances, I think they're, uh, a lot of the younger ones are better players than where they were about a decade ago. But Kirk Cousins has ended up being the better overall quarterback than uh, RG3 throughout the scope of what has happened to both of them. Like, we can make the argument if RG3 never got injured, what would have happened? We don't have that luxury. Mike White was drafted in the fifth round by the Cowboys, and he bounced around from a couple of teams and then landed up being on the Jets. So fifth round pick by the Cowboys ended up going somewhere. It's not an exact comparison to Kirk Cousins because they didn't draft him. But you have a player who is more traditional, who has a lot of confidence in his arm and a lot of confidence in his team. You have a player that is much more athletic in Zach Wilson, who has all this upside potential, and is struggling. Now, he got injured earlier this year. It's not the same comparison as far as injury is concerned, but had the Washington Commanders way back in the day turned the page on RG3 when it was showing that, like, hey, we see he's got these injury problems and we've got this guy at Kirk Cousins, they may have been able to see more of him early on. And honestly, I think that they'd be a better situation with their franchise had they recognized that they should have just signed him to an extension rather than tag and tag and sour the relationship and let him go. I think, well, that's an interesting argument. I I think you you said something yourself that it's difficult to make that argument because of what happened to RG3 in his injury history. Because how can you compare two quarterbacks when one of them basically was out of the league after three or four years, basically was never the same after we got injured in that playoff game against Seattle, was it? It was against Seattle. Well, it was um, against Seattle, but the injury happened, uh, the, the turf is what injured RG3. Right. Um, but, so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make, make that argument. I do see some similarities. I'm just going to leave it with, do I think Zach Wilson's time is over? It may well be. If they decide... Next week, the Mike White is going to be their starting quarterback, and and going down the stretch, then it could well be because um, Zach Wilson not only well did he he played terribly against Patriots, but the the aftermath just wasn't how you want your leader to kind of handle it, and yeah. he just didn't. His press conference wasn't great, and you just you know. Look, we all make mistakes, but... We, we all do. And maturity um, can be fixed over time. Yeah, you can absolutely. become more mature, mature over time. But this is a, a Jets team that can win now. And if the team sees that it has a quarterback and, like, do they have the luxury of 
hoping that Zach Wilson matures over the next couple of years and improves his play? Or do, are they going to go with the quarterback that they know can ha, has been able to win games for them? They beat yeah. the Bengals last year. They did indeed. So it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. But I, I would I would definitely stick with Mike White because not just they got the win, but he looked good. We'll see how that story continues to unfold. Uh, clearly, the most the, the story that should be the most talked about for this next week is going to be Deshaun Watson coming back. The suspension is over. He rejoined the team a couple of weeks ago uh, to start practicing. He has been activated. And it looks like right now he's going to be playing against the Texans. I mentioned this on the podcast last week that if you want to hear what our opinions are about the whole situation, about everything that's happened so far, we could continue to talk over and over and over again. I think it's an important discussion to have. This podcast is going to be focusing on fantasy football. And I think it's important to see what the ramifications from a fantasy perspective, from a uh, team building perspective, and what it in, how it impacts the rest of the Browns. This is what I want to talk about this week. So, Biz, in your mind, does Deshaun Watson cause the Browns, who just came off of a, a big win against the Bucks? does this put them into the playoff hunt? And does this elevate those other Cleveland Browns players in a fantasy perspective? Does this put them into the playoff hunt? No, they're four and seven. They basically would have to, I would say, win probably six games left. They'd probably have to win the, their remaining games to have any chance. Maybe get in a nine and eight is a possibility, but unlikely. So no, does it put them in a the playoff hunt? No, I don't. I don't think so. Does it? I think people forget. Any, any player, regardless of how great you are, Deshaun Watson hasn't actually played an NFL game for an insanely long time. Two yes. years. Two full years. And you expect him to waltz back in and light it up like he did when he was with the Texans. I mean, I, I just think that's... It, it's, it's, it's very simplistic and, and almost foolhardy for people to think that, that he's just going to come... I mean, it helps that he is playing... His former team, the Texans, who are well currently pole position they, they for the are number one overall pole pick. position for the number one pick. They are terrible, so you can't ask in a way for a better game to come and get your legs back to come to come and you know even if things aren't going well, at least it's the Texans you can find a way to win. Um, is it going to really improve some of their fancy? But I think perhaps I mean there's uh, what's uh, six games left. Um, I think down the stretch, it, it probably will help their their um, their players. But I actually feel a bit sorry for Jacoby Brissett because he's actually played pretty well. And there is an argument that I would almost be like, well, maybe you should just stay with him for the rest of the year and just say, you know what, Deshaun, you'll be the guy from next year. And, and you know, but I get they've, they've invested, what, $230 million in him. You can't really say, okay, your first game back, we're just going to sit you so you know, to make that justification. It, it, it is hard to make that justification. So I actually don't think, I, I think there's an argument they might even be worse with him because it's, they've got into a routine of having Jacoby as their quarterback and just knowing what he does. I don't think it's going to change their running game that much. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. He does, he does Nick Chubb things all the time. He's solid running back, <laughs> great running back, one of the best in the league. I don't think it's going to affect his usage. Um, it may even open up a bit more when you get the play action going. But, um, you know, in terms of the receivers, yes, I think Amari Cooper, Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they've been doing pretty well over the last few weeks. So they really have. I think the, the main thing for me is, like, I, I don't think it's going to suddenly elevate them into one of these teams down the stretch that is going to suddenly go on a run. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I could be completely wrong. Maybe he is that spark they need and ignites them and they – they just go on a run and, and win every game and get in, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I'm on completely the same page as you. Uh, I, I I think that the running game is going to continue to be consistent, and if anything, you may see more rotational running happen just to be able to give him an idea about seeing what the rest of the lineup looks like. So we may actually see more Kareem Hunt. Uh, and not, in my opinion, I don't think we're going to see anything taken away from Nick Chubb. I just think that we're going to see more running plays when Nick Ch- when Kareem Hunt is on the field. And you may see uh, Kareem Hunt come in more on passing downs uh, to be able to f- take advantage of his pass-kissing ability. 
Uh, I think that the running game is going to be more consistent for the few, first few weeks, unless Deshaun Watson gets his groove and gets his mojo back. And if that's the case, you're going to see an elevation of the likes of Donovan Peoples-Jones, and you and you also may see David Njoku start to become a more reliable red zone target. By the way, did you see that catch that David Njoku made? To I did indeed. I mean, people were talking wow. about Justin. People were talking about Justin Jefferson's catch, and it was Jefferson's catch was amazing, but. David and Jokers was right there, and again, it's I feel a bit because he's not a household name, and people, it's like it was oh, he's incredible. One of the better tight he was ends in the league. No, he is. You're right, but he it was just as good as Justin Jefferson's. It really was. Um, it was a fantastic you, catch. If I could get my obligatory Seahawks reference in for the for the week, oh, uh, there God, is a play a few years ago <laughs> in that really really cold Vikings game where Doug Baldwin stretched his entire body yeah. to be able to grab that one handed catch. David Njoku did the exact same thing. It's just his entire length of his body stretches up to catch this ball where only he can. And I didn't think that a man that big could could, could make that type of a move. Good on you, Njoku. That, I, I stood up and he just said, wow, when I saw that happen. That was awesome. It was a great catch. It was a great catch. But just to, to bring that, to, to wrap that all up, I think we're going to see more of the secondary fantasy players from the Browns see a little bit more time just because I think they're going to try to make that offense more dynamic. I don't necessarily think that this elevates Amari Cooper into being tier one wide receiver. I think he's still going to be like a very solid wide receiver two for a team. Uh, and Nick Chubb is just going to continue to be Nick Chubb. Looking ahead to week 12. Last week, there were no buys for Thanksgiving. Uh, the league decided that it was unfair for some teams to have a full week off while other teams did not. So everybody played last week. We are getting a couple more weeks of buys now. The Cardinals and the Panthers are not playing this week. Not a lot of impact players from the Panthers unless you're relying on Deontay Foreman as one of your running backs. Uh, the Cardinals do have a couple of players uh, that you are going to be sad to be missing. Kyler Murray... DeAndre Hopkins, and James Conner. But ultimately, this is a pretty safe week for most people for buys. Next week is going to be a little harrowing because I think we got six teams on buys for the last week. Looking ahead to week 12, Thursday night game. This is going to be a big one. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to be playing at New England. This is going to be the first of four games out of the last six that Buffalo is playing in division. Two of them are going to be against the Patriots. Well, two of the Buffalo Bills' loss, uh, the first two games that they've played in division so far, the Bills have lost. They lost the Dolphins, and they lost the Jets. They have to win these four, last four games in division to win, their, to win the division, or else the Dolphins are likely going to run away with it. The Patriots could potentially run away with it. This whole division could potentially win this, but they need to start winning division games. Other games to highlight this week. Uh, Green Bay at Chicago, big divisional matchup. Justin Fields playing against potentially Jordan Love if, if Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back from, what did they say he had, an oblique injury is the reason why he left so. the game? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jets versus Minnesota. That's going to be an interesting game. Mike White versus Kirk Cousins. Uh, Tennessee versus Philadelphia. Uh, a lot of running going to happen in this game. Uh, Miami versus San Francisco. You're going to be seeing Mike McDaniel go up, up against his former team. This is going to be a big matchup, too. And then, of course, the, the rematch from last year's playoffs, the Chiefs versus the Bengals. That might be the highlight of the week. Yeah, there's some really good matches this week. KC against Cincy, that, that is definitely mm. one to watch. Um, two great offenses going up, go, going against the other. Cincinnati have kind of, they, they got off to a rocky start and they've now kind of got on that kind of train. They're sort of improving. I think that'll be a really good game. Miami, San Francisco, yeah. Um, High-powered offense against great defense. It's like that, you know, the unstoppable force against the immovable object. San Francisco, are definitely that defense. They've In the last four games, they've allowed zero points in the second half, which is amazing. Um, they, you know, they don't need Jimmy Garoppolo to do that much, really, if you've got a defense that just is that stellar. Tennessee, Philadelphia, that'd be a great game. Yeah, Jets, Vikings, Minnesota... Um, yeah, Mike White against uh, Kirk Thuggins. I, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm tempted to go with Mike White in that if if he's playing. But um, yeah, Green Bay Chicago rivalry game it always is. Uh, Justin Fields, do we know if he'll be back? I don't think we know that answer yet. Okay, okay. So yeah, and um, obviously Buffalo New England division game. 
Thursday night game, short week. Yeah, that division, you're right. It could still be up for grabs. There's no guarantee that Buffalo is going to run away with it. We see what, you know, Miami is a great team. And, and we talked about it, that we both think Miami might, might win that division. It's not out of the question. Um, so, yeah, there are some really good matches uh, this coming weekend to look forward to. Okay, so time for Pickhams. Well, first of all, how did we do last week? Uh, we don't <laughs> need to talk about that. Oh, my gosh. Um, do you want to let the listeners know who I, who I picked? You picked the Baltimore Ravens, uh, who <laughs> lost at the end against the Jaguars. And I picked the Seattle Seahawks, who lost in overtime to the Raiders. I just want to point out, both of the teams we picked lost to teams with horrible records. Horrible records. I mean, the Ravens, we, we, we didn't... I mean, there, there is something odd about the Ravens. Like, they, they just off. kind of flattered yeah. to... Yeah, there's something off. They sort of flattered to deceive. I think a lot of people think, oh, yeah, they're going to... You know, they're one of the best teams in the AFC. They're going to, you know, possible Super Bowl contender. And they just... They may lose the division to the Bengals again. Yeah, they do. They just, they just don't turn up when it counts. It's just sloppiness yeah. all the time. And I will say credit to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence finally looked like the first overall pick that that was yeah, a Trevor he, he's Lawrence developing game, well. there was he's developing well um so yeah um it's it was just a shot it was a shocking loss by the Ravens I mean they were up in that game and the Jags just came back so oof, you know this is this is a tricky one so I'm looking at two games both ironically um you know I'm my uh Mark is going to like this. Well, have I picked the Rams? You have. Oh, and have I picked the you, Raiders? You, picked... Uh, you have not picked the Raiders. Okay. So yeah, here we to go. The time of year where you've picked most of the teams with winning records. Yeah. So here we go. I I am gonna. This is the Chargers. You know, again, like again, ob- obligatory Brandon Staley weekly segment again goes for two such a smart and he decision wins. last week <laughs> such a oh, smart man, I love Brandon a good Staley. coach I love it yeah coach. I, I love Brandon Staley he always gets it right I love his guts yeah whatever anyway you know what I I, I, I mean you see this is the thing he gets it right and so it was oh what a gutsy guy it's just like whatever he should, he should you know what he should have kicked the extra point it should have been a draw we all go home enough said anyway so um <laughs> Given given the confidence I think the Raiders have from this past week winning in overtime and Josh Jacobs' immense performance, they uh, the Raiders have actually won two on the trot now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick the Raiders to beat the Chargers. Pick the home. Raiders to beat the Chargers at home. I don't think that that's a terrible pick. Uh, the Raiders have been looking much much better offensively over the past several weeks. Uh, I, I watched that firsthand when Josh Jacobs essentially just decided that on every single rush, he would go for like at least seven, eight yards. The Seahawks' run defense was exposed this past week. And the Chargers, that's been one of their problems this year, is stopping the run on a consistent basis. Uh, so I, I, I cannot blame you for making that pick. I think that's a solid pick. There's not really a safe pick this week. Uh, there uh, isn't. You could, I was looking at them. I mean, yeah. They're there really evenly matched for, are, for most of looking, these games. Because I was looking at the Jags-Lions, and then I was like, well, actually... Either yeah. those teams could win. If you were gutsy, you would go with your boy, with Mike White. Yeah. Mike White. Uh, pick him over the Vikings. Do it. Oh, you probably already picked the Jets, haven't you? I have not picked the Jets. Oh, go on, mate. Come on. <laughs> Put so, your money so where your mouth is. Know, just so listeners know, my initial inclination was to pick the Eagles over the Titans, which is also a ballsy pick. I mean, I mean, it is, but they are at home. But and... yeah, yeah. You know what? The more that you're talking about it, and keep in mind, I don't. You're asking me to take the Jets on the road against a Vikings team that has had a week and a half off, that has Justin Jefferson that has Dalvin Cook, and has a uh, Kirk Cousins that is playing out of his mind. But you know what? I've been talking a big game about Mike White ever since he got the starting gig last week. And I don't know. Like, let's say, for example, he lays an egg this week, which, you know, would make my pick terrible if I pick them. Um, then I won't have an opportunity to pick Mike White ever again, potentially, for the rest of the season. And you know true. what? 
I'm picking this pick not necessarily because yeah, I am hoping that Zach Wilson never gets his spot back because I, I, I do like giving players second chances. I, I Mistakes can happen. Immaturity is a thing that can happen with young players, and I don't want to wish a player's career to be over. But I'm riding the Mike White train right now, and Biz, you coaxed me into it. I'm going to pick the New Love York it. Jets uh, to take out the Vikings in Minnesota this week. Um, not the smartest pick to have, but at the same time, uh, I'm gonna, I, I, I don't have a lot of great teams left either, and I'm gonna have to pick them at some point. Do I want to pick them against a divisional rival? I'm not sure if I do. So why not go against the, not? the second best team in the conference? <laughs> to be honest, I don't think it's that bad of a pick because the Jets are coming off a great, a great victory. And they're yep. still what? Their record is... Seven and four, so it's not like oh, yeah, they're, they're, some, they're not. They're not a scrub You know, team, no. the Lions or the or the Texans. They're good. They have a good de- defense that travels. As you say, I mean, it, to be honest, even even if they could lose a close one, even if you know they if they lose a close one, then it's still a fairly good pick. So I don't think it's out of the realms of. I think there are other worse picks to go actually than than that. So so we do have a guest pick this week. Uh, Justin always eager to be able to get a pick in. Uh, came through this week and gave us a pick. This will be the fourth time this year that he's going to be giving us a pick. And this is going to be the third time out of four picks that he's going to be picking an NFC North team. And he is going to be picking... He's not picking the Packers. He's picking the Lions to beat the Jags. He's picking the Lions to beat the Jags. Nice. That's a good one. It's a good one. I I like that pick. It's two bad teams... Um, but they both kind of play hard and mm-hmm. the lines at home, I think, are a different prospect. They don't travel very well, so good pick. So just to recap what our picks are for this week, Biz, you have selected the Las Vegas Raiders. I have selected the New York Jets because you coaxed me into it. Uh, and Justin has given us a guest pick of the Detroit Lions. And with that, we're going to wrap up our discussion on the NFL and for fantasy, but we have more football to talk about. <laughs> uh, Biz, how has this past week been for you watching FIFA World Cup? It's been it's been fantastic. It's been it's been great, and it's been hard to still keep an eye on the NFL because I have to be honest. Like, you know, I'm a I'm a football fan, and I've been watching a lot of the World Cup, and it made it particularly you, you obviously mean proper ha- football. Uh, yes, indeed, and proper football, and obviously this holiday weekend where you know a lot of people relaxing with families, and I was just watching a lot of the games. But it's been it's been a World Cup of upsets so far. I mean, who in the world would have thought Saudi Arabia would beat Argentina? I mean, that was just a shocker if ever there was one. And then the next day, Japan stuns Germany. Germany one 0 up. Japan comes back last twenty minutes, beats Germany. Just yesterday, another massive upset. Belgium ranked second in the world by FIFA, one of the favourites to win the, mm-hmm. the tournament. Golden generation of players. They get beaten by Morocco 2-0. I watched half of that game, and Morocco fully deserved it. It's been a World I Cup just want to point so out far. that when we made our projections, I picked Morocco to get out of the, uh, to get out of the group. Stages. You did. You did. And they're, in a, they're, they're definitely in a good position now. So, uh, yeah, it's been a... It's been a very interesting World Cup. Obviously, England started out with a brilliant 6-2 victory over Iran. And then USA match. You know, I always said I didn't... We should win. We should win easily. But there's something about when we play the US in a tournament, we just can't seem to get it right. And we were really poor. We just didn't... We weren't at the races. There were too many sideways passes. We didn't have any urgency, any, like, clinic... uh, We were just so lackluster there was no kind of urgency to our passing there was no speed to our game and i've got to say full credit to the usa america should have beaten us you were the better team your mid uh, your midfield gave us a lot of problems um and we were lucky to get out there with a point um so yeah it's been it's been interesting going forward um obviously as we speak in two hours less than two hours the big game England versus Wales. Mm. <laughs> or should I say Team USA versus Iran? They both kick off at the same time. Who have you got? USA versus Iran. Can Team USA? You have to win to progress. 
Can you do it? Now, I will preface this by saying, Iran are, Iran are no mugs. We saw no, England no, had a great Iran's result been playing very well this, this, and they, this World Cup. They just beat Wales. You know, Wales got a draw mm-hmm. against the USA. I will say, America's been pretty good. You've had one bad half of football, and that was the second half against Wales. You, yep. you should have beaten Wales. You dominated the first half. Should have put the game to bed. You should have scored a, a second goal or maybe a third goal. Didn't get it, and that always happens when it's only 1-0. Um, against England, you were the better team. You unlucky, Pulisic hit the bar. Should have won. You've had, Overall, you've played well. The performances have been good. Can you get it done against Iran? I want to take full responsibility for how the <laughs> United States World Cup team has been playing. If oh, there's one oh, thing that it. I credit, <laughs> if there's one thing that I credit Americans with is we run headstrong into adversity. We try oh, to I take a look we... at something that everybody says, this is the worst. We're never going to tar- we're never going to combat this because we want to go into adversity and say we came out and we prevailed. Where was the music behind this? Though I feel there should be some <laughs> brass band music behind this. I have been pushing this mantra that a draw is worse than a loss so much that the United States men's team has looked at that and said, you know what? We're going to draw every match. We're going to do this. We're going to be the first team to progress by drawing every match. If we do that, we're out because Iran will have four points and we can't do that. But because I have been pushing this, the United States men's team has galvanized their team. And said, we are going to draw every match. Oh, Iran has a win. Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> um, I did hear through the grapevine that they, did, they do listen to the podcast. And they have been oh, yeah, to yeah. Them, yeah. I do think that our team has an overall better roster than Iran. Uh, I think we should win this match. But we only have one outcome that we can use. If Iran draws, I believe they just win. And if Iran is playing for either a win or a draw, that means that they, as long as they don't lose, they advance. Correct. So I believe if, if, if the game is a draw, Iran goes through They'll to the have four phases. points. Yes. They'll go to the knockout yeah. phases. They have yeah. the win over Wales. Yeah. Uh, that and means so that we... if Wales somehow, well, actually, if Wales somehow beats Iran, there's going to be a, and uh, Iran, sorry, if Wales somehow beats England and then Iran ties with the United States, that's going to be four players that's going no, to be so, four teams that have four points. No, no, no. So for, Wales, so for Wales to win, sorry, for Wales to progress, they need to beat us by 4-0. Oh, um, that's right. That's which, right. Because okay, the other points I, four and against. You know what? Yeah. Stranger things have happened. I, I doubt that's going to happen. Um, if, if, the, if England-Wales is a draw, we go through. So we don't need to beat Wales. Yeah, um, you don't to need go to beat Wales. Um, Iran doesn't we need will, to beat the United States either. If we beat Wales, if we draw with Wales, we will go through as group winners unless Iran um, if Iran draws anyway there's many perm- permutations if both games end in a draw England will England will and Iran will go through I agree I think the US has a better team than Iran on paper there's, there's just no question it's about can you do it I yeah. I, I do think I mean it, it's Tough. It's a politically charged, ga- charged game for many, uh, who many reasons. Is in charge of the U.S. soccer's social media accounts. Honestly, <laughs> they need to be fired. I, I, I appreciate yeah. the bravado, and and but but honestly, whoever posted that flag on social media needs to be fired. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's sad. Um, hopefully, the U.S. team, you know, just doesn't pay any attention to it. I think it's dangerous to dismiss Iran. Um, it is. As, They're a um, better team than we thought they were going to be. They are. And I think if you you need to show them due respect, and I think if the USA does that, I think they will get the win. Um, you are the better team, and it's just about going out there and showing it. Um, but I, because Iran doesn't have to win the game, I think that's going to make it kind of difficult. Because sometimes so when you get those teams that know, well, we only need to draw, we go through... There's this phrase in football called parking the bus where mm-hmm. you just put 10, 10 men behind the ball and you just say, okay, what? Break us down. We'll hit you on the counter-attack. That's how we're going to attack you. Yep. So I think it's going to be difficult for America to break them down, but you've got the players to do it. So less than two hours. It's going to be a big game. By the time this podcast goes live, uh, all of you listeners will know if we're just 
worried or concerned or nervous for no reason. Listeners, how have you enjoyed the World Cup so far? Have you been, had a chance to be able to watch any full matches? I know a lot of my colleagues at work have been putting the games on their phones and have been paying attention to it uh, nonstop. So it's, it's been a really, really exciting year. Uh, go ahead and let us know at our Twitter account, at Improper Fantasy, what you think about the World Cup so far. Uh, Biz, do you have any shout-outs this week? I do. I'm actually going to shout-out one of our league members, our favourite our favorite friend from Dresden, Germany, Spencer. So Spencer, uh, we were chatting a bit about the World Cup. Spencer actually is boycotting the World Cup due to Ooh. moral issues and obviously the human rights um, Fair enough. Uh, migrant workers things. And, and so I'm just going to yep, shout him out. It takes, it, takes a, it takes a big man to do that. Um, I know that he's, he's, he's not the biggest football fan. Obviously, he's, he's American. So he actually sent a WhatsApp message how he was in a bar watching the Vikes match like there's lots of American bars that show the NFL uh, where he is and he was saying the World Cup was on as well and he's like trying not to watch it so you know I'm just going to shout him out because you know it's um it's hard to do particularly when you're living in Germany when I'm sure there's World Cup fever going on too so shout out to Spencer shout out to Spencer I'm going to do a two-parter shout out here so the first shout out I'm going to give is to Josh Jacobs. I just got a notification on my phone that on the Yahoo platform, if you had Josh Jacobs on your team, you had a 90% chance that you won your game. Wow. Josh Jacobs elevated 90% of, player, of teams that rostered him last week to victories. But the second part of that shout out is actually going to be to you, Biz. And the reason why I'm giving you the shout-out in this, how do you bench Josh Jacobs and just put nobody in there? You still would have won. <laughs> you won by so much that even wow. though Josh Jacobs was the reason why 90% of the teams that rostered him won, you didn't need him. Wow. I am, I, well, I'm, I'm honored and humbled. I did not know that. Um, but actually, now thinking about it, yeah, because I, I believe he scored, what, 45 or 50 points in fantasy, so... I won by 70 points, so yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. It's always nice to have a shout-out. No problem. As always, if you want to contact us on any of our social media, our Instagram is going to be Improper Fantasy Football. You can reach us on our Twitter, at Improper Fantasy, and of course, send us any stories you like at our Gmail, gmail.com. Biz, my coffee is empty, it's snowing outside, and the only thing that I can say is cheers. Cheers. Till next time.